Welcome to the Money, Mindset, and Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Marley Rose Harris, and I'm here to talk to you about all things entrepreneurial, personal growth, and self-development with a little side of spiritual woo-woo. I have successfully turned my side hustle into a multiple six-figure business while traveling the world and living a life I've only dreamed of. I hope by listening to this show inspires you to do the same and start manifesting everything on your vision board. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, my angels, and welcome back to another episode of the Money Mindset Manifestation Podcast. Today, we have such a special guest. So today, we are talking to Andy Eaton, and she is the founder and CEO of the Wee Wee Girl. And we talked about solo travel. We talked about following your intuition. You know, Andy worked in corporate for like 10 years and and decided to pivot into, you know, being her own CEO and creating this life of freedom for herself. So we really dive into like what that looks like, what that freedom has looked like for her and how her passion has unfolded to living this life of so much like amazingness, beautifulness, and really surrendering into this person who I believe who she's really meant to be. So we talk about all the things like manifestation, business, travel. Oh my gosh, it's such a good episode. Andy's also the author of the book called Wonderful, The Modern Bohemian Guide to Travel, which I literally cannot wait to get my hands on. And we also record an episode on her podcast called Your Woo Woo BFF. Again, talking about like, you know, freedom, business, all the beautiful things. So I'll link that episode below for when it goes live and I'll link her podcast below. But you guys are definitely going to want to check her out. She is such a badass and just like so inspiring. This conversation left me so inspired and so excited to connect with her more. So without further ado, let's hop right into the episode. I really hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Love you guys. All right. Well, I'm so excited to have you here, Andy. I can't wait to dive in on all the juiciness we have planned today. So for everyone listening who might not know you and just meeting you today, can you give everyone just a little quick story about, you know, your story and how you got onto this path of sharing your beautiful message with the world? Yeah, sure. I absolutely would love to do that. So a little bit about me. I grew up as a really intuitive kid. I I was actually having a divination reading the other day and the practitioner said to me, you've always had this really direct line of communication to spirit. And it was a really reaffirming thing to hear because I think as a, as a kid, I always knew that. I always knew I was very guided, but I wasn't really sure of what to make of that as a, as a kid. So my story as I was growing up, I was just like a kind of your average kid that was very much a go-getter. Like I always wanted to be just, I always wanted to be like at the top of the class and I always wanted to be doing all the things and I loved all the activities and I was just a really happy kid. I just loved life. I was, I loved nature. I loved my friends. That was all, all just things that really lit me up. And then I went to school, went to college and studied communications and biology, which make really great sense, I think, based on my interests of just like loving people and also just loving the science of how things work. That's very much the things I was into. Although as a college kid, like my family was like biology and communications, like that doesn't really go together, but it was, I loved science and I loved, I loved experimenting and I loved being with people. So those were things that I was super, super into. So 
fast forward, I, for about a decade of my career, I was, I worked for an, an Ayurvedic beauty brand and it was one of the original clean beauty brands. And about six years ago or so, I was the VP of sales and marketing for the distribution company for that brand. And I was very much living office life during the week. It was very corporate sort of experience. And then every weekend I was taking off and going as far away as I could and exploring and really starting to get into all of the mystical modalities and the holistic wellness practices that very much make up what I'm so interested in today. And after about a decade of that corporate life, I decided while I loved it and it was very much my dream job and I was really proud of myself for how far I had come in that career, I knew I needed to recommit to myself and find a a new version of me to be like the next iteration of what I was going to really be about. So I left that six-figure dream job and I actually moved across the ocean and I packed really only the essentials. I like packed my Birkenstocks and my journal and like some bathing suits and was like, I'm going to find my my way once I get there. I don't need to travel with like a bunch of stuff. I just need to travel light go on my own and really start to explore. And, and you know this very well from your own story, making a leap like that can be totally terrifying and incredibly freeing. And you kind of have to learn things all over again. So I booked that one-way trip to um, the Southern coast of Spain is where I was moving to. And it was the most spontaneous thing I'd ever done. And it absolutely changed the trajectory of my life and my work. So Solo travel has been probably one of the greatest forms of meditation for me. It's been just so powerful and how I've started to uncover and how I've continued to find my path. So I've traveled all over the place since then when I left that job six years ago. And so that really gave me the opportunity to connect with people of all types all around the world and people from all walks of life and people with intuitive gifts and people studying all sorts of modalities and people with really rich cultural heritage and stories. And that's really shaped much of the work that I do today. So today I'm very much a wellness enthusiast. I teach manifestation. I believe that wellness and manifestation are available to all of us, that it's not just for one group of people, no matter who you are, no matter how much money you have or where you live in the world, you should be able to be well and take good care of yourself and create a life that is truly a life of your making. So that's really important to me. And much of that came to me through my experience of travel and learning all the ways that we can do that along the way. And so today, as as a manifestation teacher and as a soul strategist, which is kind of what I call the work that I I do. I get to work with all sorts of people and businesses. So I work with companies like like uh, tech companies like Google and Pinterest teaching workshops both internally and then doing consumer facing activations and things of that sort too. And then I get to work with wellness brands, beauty brands, serving as a consultant and also teaching and guiding executives through their process of growing within their company and I always like to bring the practice of ritual into the work that I do and help folks to find really great practices and habits that help them to evolve and help them to get out of the day-to-day busyness of life and 
find new ways of just living a happy life. And I love doing that in the world of work. And then also, of course, in helping people to just really explore and find their passion at the same time. So that is the, that's the abridged life story of me. Wow. I have so much I want to dive into after that. Firstly, let's talk about solo travel because I feel like this is so not talked about enough. And I remember when I first, like when I first went on my big adventure with my best friend at the time and we like, I accidentally booked a wrong flight as her. So I was coming home like a month and a half later (sighs) and I was like, oh my gosh, no, I cannot be in Australia alone. Like I have to move my flight. You know, it was this crazy thing and I was like on the phone with the airlines they're like it's gonna be like $900 for you to change your flight and I was like I'm doing it I don't care and then I was talking to my mom about it. she's like I think you should just go there alone and I was like oh like that was the most terrifying thing to me I was like are you kidding me be alone in a country I don't know anyone I'm like that sounds like my worst nightmare anyways I trusted the flow I was like this is yeah. happening for a reason and solo travel has been the most healing life-altering like just it causes you to grow in such a way that I feel like is so unique to solo travel. So what was your experience with solo travel? And what was like the biggest takeaway you could say from those adventures? Yeah, it's, it's so true. It is such a healing experience to go somewhere, especially when it's like completely different from where you're from or from where you've been living. When I was working in my corporate world in my corporate life, I traveled a lot by myself, but I was traveling for meetings. So it's like I would get somewhere and like I might go to dinner by myself and like go find a yoga class and do that by myself. But ultimately I was traveling for work and that just did not, you know, it was like I could call that solo travel because technically it was. But when I when I made that decision to make that move that year that I left my corporate job, I I literally, so I was moving to a place that I had never been before. I was going because I had this opportunity to live in a fam- a friend of mine, his family home that nobody was going to be in for like six months. He's like, you can go and stay. It was a very serendipitous and fortunate experience that I was going to have this place to live because I was quitting my job also. So it was like, I want to be as frugal as possible and just really be prepared to not make money for a while and know that I'm I'm good. So that experience for me, just having to, I mean, I had a, I had a base level ability to speak Spanish and I'm talking base level. Like I took Spanish in college so I could like order a coffee and ask where the bathroom was. You know, I I had like the basics down, but you don't, it's like you don't recognize or you don't know how impactful it's going to be to have to start to figure out like how customs in different places work and what's important to people and what people's daily habits and rituals are and how you're going to start to like how you're going to fit into that or how you're going to fit that into your life. And the more I traveled those next couple of years that way, the more I was just blown wide open and I was able to dive deeper into who I truly was. I actually in 2018. So what's that been like four years now? Oh my gosh. Yeah. In 2018, I did a a month long solo trip to Bali and it was another one of those experiences of just being with self in such a special way. And you, it's like, you have this opportunity to meet yourself anew. It's like, oh, here's, Mm. here's what I, here's what I'm really about. Here's how I handle challenging situations. And here's what I like to do when no one else is around. And 
I'm given the opportunity to truly just be me. And I, I just think that that stuff, you don't have to go to Bali to do it. You don't have to go live on the you know, seaside of the Mediterranean to do it. You can do it in your own city and just go spend an afternoon and take yourself like on a really great solo date. But I think that that stuff is so good for us to reconnect to who we, who we are or who we want to be. Oh, 100%. It's like every day you get to choose what you want to do because life is on your own terms yeah. on solo travel. Because, you know, most of the time we've either quit our job or we're like on a long vacation or we're on a vacation. So it's like, okay, yeah, I have nothing else to do. What do I want to do today? And that's so unique because, you know, in our day to day, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to work or I have this obligation or this obligation, you know. And then when you're solo traveling, it's like, okay, like, what do I want to do? And that's such a beautiful way to like discover who you truly are. And I think for anyone who's like listening, considering solo travel, honestly, I was so scared to meet friends. And I was like, what if I'm just like alone all the time? You know, which honestly, in hindsight, is not bad a thing at all. It was just like the beginning of my journey. I was really young, you know, (laughs) different priorities. And I realized like when you're solo traveling, there's also many other people who are also solo traveling. And then you really get to connect with people who are like-minded. And I honest, some of my biggest, deepest friendships are from solo travel because you get to connect on someone on just such a deeper level because you're like choosing to hang out with them. It's not like, oh, well, we have like, we're friends from like high school or like whatever. It's like, no, this is like a new friendship. And we're both consciously choosing to hang out and like yeah. do an adventure together, which I think is so powerful. Yeah. It's like, oh, I actually want you in my energy and I want to be a part of yours and we're going to go do this thing together and I get to choose choose you and you get to choose me. And that's a really different way of deciding to hang with somebody than like the way that it goes when we're just like in our element all the time. Totally. And so yeah, for anyone listening who's like on the edge, I hope this was like inspiring to be like, I'm going alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I honestly choose solo travel because Me too. Yeah. it's such a different experience in such a beautiful way that I crave. Same, same. It's so good. And I think a really good way to do that is if you're like nervous about your first solo trip, I always recommend go sign up to go on a retreat And then like Mm. go a few days before or stay a few days extra afterwards so that you know you're going to have like a crew once you're there, but you've got a couple of days to like really do you. And the more you do things like that, then you'll, you'll become more comfortable with it just being you. And then you can take yourself on a personal retreat when it's like really special because it's like everything you're doing is just fully what you want to do. Yes, I love that. That is such a good tip. Okay, we're booking a retreat a few days before. <laughs> love that tip. Yes. Okay, just pivoting quickly. Um, I really love diving into like big leaps. I think there's so much wisdom and magic in big leaps. So from your story, it sounds like you know you were still quite content in this job that you have, but there maybe there was a pull. You know, can you talk about what was your mindset when you were? you know, in this corporate and like, but like craving, was it freedom? Was it being your own boss? Like, what was the mindset of you? Okay, I'm ready to leave. I want to dive into that. Yeah, it's such a good question. And I I love the conversation about big leaps too. For me, I was having this realization that I had, I felt really lucky to have had this opportunity to have what I considered to be a dream job, really at a pretty young age. And 
all of a sudden I was having this awareness that, okay, now I've been in this working for this company for 10 years. And while I love it, I don't know that I want to like, this sounds a tiny bit morbid, but I don't want to go to like my deathbed and be like, wow, I was really good at being a VP of sales and marketing for this one brand. And so I was like, okay, so if that's not it, I don't want to be known for this ultimately as like my big thing. I, what do I do next? I, I wasn't even yet of the mindset that I wanted to work for myself. Freedom was definitely a value for me. And that was important to me. And I kind of worked myself into a place where I had a lot of freedom in my career because I was a senior level executive. And so I could ask for what I really needed. But what I've noticed was, okay, where am I going to go next? I'm going to go take a job, a parallel job and work for another beauty brand and now this is going to be what I'm, you know, I'm just continuing to be known as someone who really excels in this area. And I, what I knew for sure was that when I reflected back to myself as a child, I had this intuitive ability to really know what was right for me. And what I knew was that what was right for me was yet to be uncovered, but that I needed to give myself space to find it. And giving myself a space was really scary because it's like, you know, I was like telling my parents, oh, I'm going to quit my like big, big job and I don't know what I'm going to do next. And they're like, you're like really organized and like you are very, you know, you're, you're like really good at what you do. Like, why would you go do something where you don't know what's next? Like that felt really weird for them, for me to say, I'm just going to go and figure it out along the way. But I, I really knew that I needed to give myself that space. And then as I gave myself that space, my values of what I wanted to do next really started to come through loud and clear, which was, Freedom was really important. The ability to travel at my leisure and live a life where I could be anywhere in the world and do my work was going to be really important for what I was doing next. Having the opportunity to really be seen and really have an opportunity to go deeper into the modalities that I was studying and share my knowledge was really important. So I was like, is that teaching? Is that consulting? I don't know, but I'm going to figure that out. So those were some of the things I was starting to find when I gave myself the space to start looking for it. Wow. Okay. So fascinating. I'm looking for five aspiring entrepreneurs who want to grow or start a business, get paying clients and leave their nine to five. If this is you, we must know that you have already started a business or you want to start a business, must be open-minded to learning new ways to grow a business, ready to commit and ready to grow. If this is you, please DM me on Instagram, the word freedom to learn more. All right, back to the episode. So how long did it take, you know, from quitting to moving to Spain for like you to start your, you know, your thing? Like what was that timeline? Yeah. So, okay. So I, I quit my job. I moved to Spain. I was there for six months and I, okay. So the very next thing that happened was I started working on, while I was in Spain, I was working on a book project and it was a commission project. So I, it was, it was a really great project to work on, but it was a publisher had come to me and invited me to work on this book. So it was like not a big paycheck. It was not like my dream 
book. I'd never even thought about like, do I want to write books? That was not something that was even in my in my mind, but I saw it as a really good opportunity for some sort of next step. And so I started working on that book. And then I had this awareness that I wanted to work on a book that was my book, that was like really something that was important to me. And so that became the next step. And I I pitched this book idea, I think right when I got, yeah, right when I got back from Spain. So I was in Spain for about six months, pitched this book idea, got a deal, and then spent the next nine months traveling and working on that book. So now over the course of time, I had been able to travel and work very creatively for over a year. And that's while I was doing that work, while I was traveling and writing, I started to also develop the strategy for my business and what was going to come next in that regard. And at the same time, my blog was really growing because I was I was blogging the whole time I was traveling. And now my blog is, um, it is very much not just my blog anymore. It's a wellness hub and we have all sorts of writers and educators and courses and workshops and retreats that we offer. But that was growing while I was traveling. And I wasn't even considering that to be something that would become a part of my business. I was just doing it because I loved doing it. And over the next couple of years, that blog really transitioned into this really important piece of my business. And it is how we attract most of the people that come into my company today, that's how they find their way to us. So it was a fluid timeline. And I was starting to just uncover the pieces as I went over those next like two years. Wow. Okay. So I was going to ask you when the blog started. So it's so funny. I And I love when these things happen where it's like, we start something just out of passion for yeah. like, just, you know, for no actual reason really besides just like to have a creative outlet it sounds like this may be something the blog was for you yeah totally and then lo and behold it becomes like the biggest part of your business totally I it was it was when I think back on it the blog was not good it was just like <laughs> I was just writing to write about what I was experiencing and what it was like traveling solo and the different things that I was trying out the different types of meditation I was trying and rituals I was experiencing. And those were things I was really into. So that's what I was talking about. I was really into traveling to places that were quite artistic, but like off the beaten path. So I was telling stories about those places. And it wasn't necessarily anything great at the beginning. And then over time, I started to have this awareness that like, oh, I can I can make this a part of my business. And the first step in making it a part of my business was when I was pitching the book idea for the project that I had in mind, this this book that I wanted to write that wasn't the commission project, but the second book, I was like, ooh, I need to get this blog like kind of in tip-top shape. So when they start checking out my writing, I look like someone who knows what they're doing. So <laughs> that was the first time I had this awareness of, oh, I need to treat this blog like a real reflection of who I am in this way. And then after that, as I started thinking about the next components of my business, which would be consulting and courses and workshops and retreats, I really wanted the blog to then become, I wanted it to be a place that I want would want to go to get information. And that's when I really had this awareness that this blog can't just be my stories. It has to be a real hub for education. And 
I would, I wanted it to be the thing that I didn't have that I wished I had had when I was finding my way into all of, all of the stuff that I was exploring. And so I knew that for it to serve the next like purpose, it had to become that. And still all along the way, even today, it's such a passion and I love, I love it so much. And when I think back to starting it, I never would have considered it at all to be something I ever would have made money doing. It's the paradoxical thing about businesses that I find are the most successful is that they never start as a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like as someone who teaches business, um, it's it's hard because, you know, when you start a business, oftentimes we'll be like, okay, well, I want to make money. You know, I want to have clients. That's like the first thing you think about, right? Yeah. But the, you know, success leaves clues. And I follow, a, like, I love following on like successful people. And this is often their story, which is like they started the thing, but it yeah. wasn't to for business. It wasn't to make money. It was truly just a passion. Totally. But when you have passion and alignment, money, success, and all that is just a byproduct. Yeah. So you kind of have to go about – this is just such a beautiful lesson of like going about things, following your joy, following your passion, and then – you know, the puzzle pieces align. They always do, but it's trusting that they align. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. they say, right? So like yeah. in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, like, you know, the blog, it makes sense. But it's like, you could have never predicted that in the future because, you know, back in, I don't know when this was, but when you started your blog, you know, was it kind of like at the beginning of blogs or were blogs yeah, totally. already quite a popular thing? Yeah, no, it was definitely at the beginning. I had a couple of girlfriends that, were living in New York and were actually really successful, like OG bloggers, first bloggers that had like agents. And so I saw that happening. So I had that, I had those, those women as expanders in my friend group where I was Mm. like, Ooh, you can make money doing this. But I also was like, but I'm not going to move to New York and like blog about fashion. Like that's not my vibe. And that's what they were doing. So I saw that there was this thing you could do But my only picture of it was like live in New York City and be a fashion blogger. And it was like, not for me. But I do love that they get to tell their story in this way that is uniquely their own. And so I was inspired by my girlfriends that were doing that to create my own version of it. And of course, like, you know, a few years later, travel blogging really started to become a thing. And it was like, oh, look, I'm doing this thing that's like starting to hit now and become this this moment. And even then my blog was still pretty small. And like, when I think back, this was like 2017, we were having like, we, when I say we, I had like me and my assistant. And so if we had 10,000 hits on the blog in a month, we were like freaking out. We were like, Oh my God, so many people are reading the blog. This is incredible. And then over that year, we were like, now that assistant, she's my director of marketing. So she's been with me since that time. And so we were like, what, what do we need to do to start to shift this from 10,000 people reading per month? Like, what would it look like if we doubled that, if we tripled it, if we 10 times that, and how would we do it? And so by the end of that next year, we had 10 times what we were what we were seeing. And it was the first time we had started putting some strategy around this passion that I already had. And we, we never had, even at that point, we, we didn't consider, we weren't, we weren't putting sales pages on the site. We were attracting people in and it was, it was fully through the passion of just creating it. And then when we finally started putting some strategy behind it, all of a sudden we were like, whoa, this is like now taken on a life of its own. And now we need to bring in writers and educators and create this bigger 
this bigger structure around how we're going to move next in this world. So it was very cool. Wow. Was there anything specific that you did that you can recall that kind of got it from 10,000 to, you know, where you are, like 10x? Like what were some strategies that you used? Yeah. So the number one thing we did, and people say this all the time, and I still think it's so overlooked, is we got so serious about our SEO strategy. So we Mm. got really good at understanding where we where we ranked with specific posts and with specific keywords and topics. And I, I actually, so now I do some work with Google and I joke with them that a part of my business was created by Google. And they're like, what does that mean, Andy? But when I started ranking in specific categories on Google searches, then I went way deep on those categories. So like, for example, we found that one of the categories that we would rank really well in was full moon rituals. So then Mm. we started building out new blog posts around full moon rituals because we already knew that Google was sending people to my site for moon rituals. So then I was like, okay, what's the next step? What would it look like if we developed courses around full moon rituals? So that's the joke I have with Google now is like the reason I even have courses around moon rituals is because people were coming to me for that. And they were coming to me for that because our SEO was really strong in that particular category. So we really looked to see what was hitting on the site and what we could continue to do to expand on those topics. That was really important. Pinterest was really integral in that. We, we really worked on our Pinterest strategy because we found that while I was growing this really great community on Instagram, and I love it for the purpose of nurturing community, people were clicking through to my site and staying on my site if they found it on Pinterest and that had a whole lot more traction. So those were two things, the SEO strategy, the Pinterest strategy, probably the biggest things that were driving a whole lot of traffic to the site that otherwise we would not have had. Yeah. Love that. Such good tips. And that can be applied to businesses today. Like I know that is a like when you were first starting, but SEO and Pinterest are massive drivers for traffic. So such good tips. I want to pivot like really big right now. And I really want to ask you about your intuition. So you mentioned you were very, you know, intuitive as a child. I want to know how has that intuition like evolved from like being a child to today? And did you go through like a journey with your intuition of like, not using it to using it? What was that journey and and how do you tap into it today? Yeah, sure. I mean, definitely as like a college girl, I probably had suppressed it like completely. And I just was kind of doing what everybody else around me was doing. And that it's, it's like so interesting to look back at being like 10 years old or like 12 years old and how connected I was to, to my intuition and how, good I was at just listening. And, you know, there's, there's a thing about intuition An intuitive voice, your intuitive voice is always a gentle voice. It's always giving you like this really loving little nudge of which direction to follow. And then there's like this egoic voice that we all have. That's a little rough on us. That's like not so gentle. And it's also encouraging us in a different way, but most of the time it's really, working to keep us safe. And that's not a bad thing. It just, it's like, Hey, if you, this is, you know, as an ancient human being, ego kept us alive. It's like, Hey, if you go that direction, there's going to be a 
lion and you're going to get eaten in the woods and you don't want to do that. So stay here where you're safe and comfortable. Whereas our intuition with that gentle, loving voice guides us into really new ways of being and ways of expanding. And so when I was probably like, you know, 15 to 25, I was not listening to that voice. I was like very much staying in comfort zone and very much staying in the safety of that egoic voice, which was keeping me really small. And so when I started to have an awareness of, and I think I I noticed it, I noticed that I had stopped listening to something that was innately in me when I would find, I'd find myself in overwhelm. I'd find myself in stuckness. I'd find myself frustrated. And I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Like, what's going on? Or if I found myself in, in relationships or friendships where I was just like not lit up by the people I was with, I was like, clearly, I'm a smart girl. Like, what is going on that I feel stuck or frustrated or overwhelmed or not inspired? And every time it was, I was not following my own inner guidance. I was not doing the things that I, if I listened to my heart or if I listened to my soul, that I was being encouraged to I wasn't doing the things I was being encouraged to do. So I really started to consider that. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. Journaling, meditation, yoga, being in in some sort of movement practice. You can really start to reconnect to your intuition when you when you give yourself the space to find the right practice for you. So today I I know if I'm feeling stuck or frustrated or uninspired that I'm not dialed in. I'm not listening to my intuition and I need to reconnect. So that might mean if it's just the middle of the day and I've got a lot going on, it might mean, okay, I'm going to take three minutes and go sit outside and just get quiet and reconnect. Or it might mean that I'm going to give myself an extra juicy yoga class that evening to reset. So there's lots of ways to do it, or I'm going to journal about it and just let my, let my stuff all come out that way. So that's been, those have been some really great practices for me to stay connected. And I know with with the way that I am energetically wired, my intuition hits hard. It hits right away. And when I follow that voice and I don't question it, I'm usually good. I'm almost always good. And if I'm not good, I learn a lesson and then I realize the lesson was one I needed to learn. And if I second guess it, I'm probably... I'm probably listening to that egoic voice versus the intuition. And I need to, I need to be aware of that and make an adjustment. Oh my God, such good advice. And for me, I've realized a lot lately, like getting quiet is so powerful. So lately I've been going for walks and just like not bringing anything, no podcast, nothing, and just completely unplugging because to tap into your intuition it can't be like well, when you're working or like in a podcast interview, you know, it's like your your conscious mind is so focused, you know? Yeah. But it's like when you're in the shower, is I feel like I get a lot of good hits it's in the so shower good. or like on a walk or, you know, meditating. It's like if anyone's here like wondering, you know, how do I access my intuition? Such good tips. And the one I want to highlight is like getting quiet. Yeah. Um unplugging allow yourself and your thoughts to just flow I also get a lot of good ideas during driving like those intuitive hits and I just realized lately I'm like holy crap I am not getting quiet enough you know to tap in and exactly what you said it's like when you're feeling those feelings of like overwhelm or disconnect or you know just like running or I find it me I'm just like 
like a ping pong ball like boop, boop, boop. like what am i doing what am i doing it's like i haven't t- tuned in like in a very long time and then that usually gets me realigned as a human design lover are you a manny jen um, yeah yes yeah definitely. obviously <laughs> yeah you're like i know this already yeah, yeah. i'm like manny jen through and through fully Yes. Okay. So that is also so good. I find for learning how you access your intuition. So everyone listening can just check out their human design chart and you have your sacral center. And if it's defined, it's like you get those hits, you know, and as a mini gen, we're all defined in our sacral. So it's like, you need to listen to that first hit. And, and sometimes it's scary. And sometimes like I'll get these hits and I'm like, Oh, really? Like I have to, you know, and it's scary, but I, Every time I follow it, it's always like, oh, I'm so happy I did that. And then on the flip side, if I get the hit, then I'm like, oh, but like logically, I could also just do it this way. So then I'll do it like the logical way. And then that never works out. And I always have to go back to the, you know, the first hit, you know, it's so wise and always knowing. And then on the flip coin of that, if it's not um, defined, it is undefined. There's also beautiful wisdom in that, which is like, you have to you might feel it in different parts of your body and it might just come later but you have to wait for the hit as well so so interesting i love human design okay well there's been so many beautiful gems i'm literally gonna re-listen to this conversation write things down (laughs) thank you so much for sharing with us your beautiful story and all of your wisdom i love asking was there a specific tool or book uh, that has been most transformational transformational for you along your journey Yeah, sure. So a book that I love and made such a impact on me is Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. And it's all around how the soul journeys through lifetimes. And that book, I think I I was probably... I don't know, it was over a decade ago when I read it for the first time. And I actually read it with a group of friends because we had this really wise woman recommend it to our friend group. And she was like, I think you guys would get so much out of reading this, kind of book clubbing it together. And she's like, I just see these like beautiful, many lifetime connections that you probably all have. And I read that book and it just made such an impact on me and really thinking about what we incarnate on this planet to do at any given, in any given iteration of our lifetime. And so that book was really, really powerful for me. Another really great one that made a really great impact on me is called Creating Money. And it's all around money, but it's more around manifesting abundance in your life in all the ways. And it's by Dwayne Packer and Sanaya Roman. And it's a really beautiful read. So those are two books that made a really big impact on my work and on my life. I've literally written those both down. And this book, Many Lives, Many Masters, keeps coming up for me. Ooh. The universe is like, read this book. Read, read this the book. book. I keep hearing people say this. Yeah, and it's short. It's a really quick read. You can listen to it on Audible too. I actually, when I met my fiance, when we started dating, we were on our like first road trip together and I made him listen to it on Audible. We were like road tripping. <laughs> I was like, you need to listen to this because I know that we've had many lives together. And for you to not think I'm a weirdo, I need you to like, get what where I'm coming from he was like yeah you need to hop on board here yeah I was like got it okay yeah it's a good one oh I love that okay well thank you so much Andy this has been so much fun so for everyone where can everyone find you where can everyone stalk you you know 
tell us all the goods. Yeah, for sure. So the blog is We We Girl. It's we like the French word we and then we like you and me. So O-U-I-W-E-G-I-R-L, WeWeGirl.com. It's the same on all the social channels. And then we have recently launched this year We We Studio. And We We Studio is where we have our courses, our retreats, lots of good free downloads, all sorts of good stuff there. So that those are those are the homes. And then of course the podcast is your woo woo best friend, which of course you're gonna be on with me as well. So all those great places is where you can find all the things. Yes. I'm so excited. So we're now we're doing a pod swap. So we'll have the link to Andy's podcast below where I'll be. I'm so excited. By the way, I actually did want to ask you, where did the name Wee Wee come from? Oh, it's such a good question. It it's it happened so long ago. So the name Wee Wee, the very first big trip I ever took in my life was I traveled with my dad to Paris when I was really young. He was he was working there a lot and I just had this, like, I was enthralled by Parisian culture. And also, it was just, like, a really special trip with my dad. So it was always, like, that little moment of of that experience was always, like, very much in me. And so when I was thinking about naming the blog, I was like, what, what, what's it going to be? And as I shared, much of the blog was about travel at the beginning. So it was, like, this little nod to my, my big first travel experience and saying yes to travel. So it was yes. And then... The other piece of me was wanting to make sure that everything I shared was just really inclusive and a reminder that it's for all of us. So the idea was it was we, yes, and then we, us. So yes, this is for all of us. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Thank wow. You. I love that so much. Because I was looking, I was like, there must be a story here that I want to ask you about that. So I'm so happy you did. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Annie. This has been so insightful. I'm feeling super inspired. And thank you everyone Thanks, for Marley. tuning in. Um, everyone go follow Andy. I mean, I'm sure you probably already are Googling it right now. So <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And we'll see you on Andy's podcast. So excited. Bye, guys. Hey, hey, hey. Before you go, would you love a free money hypnosis? You guys, this is what I listen to every single night to rewire my subconscious mind so I can manifest the money that I desire. It is absolutely game-changing if you've heard me talk anything about subconscious mind and anything along the realms of healing your subconscious mind to help align you and attract money into your life hypnotherapy is the way it actually heals and rewires your subconscious mind to make it believe and truly allow it to believe that you deserve the money that you desire so if you want this free money hypnosis all you have to do is leave us a review you know honest review how you're feeling about the show take a screenshot right away and then send it to hello at marleyrose.ca and we will send you this free hypnosis. You guys, it's going to be absolutely game-changing. It's how all my clients have manifested all of their massive goals in their business and in their life. Okay, thanks so much, you guys. I hope it's a great tool for you to use in manifesting all the money that you desire. Lots of love. Mwah.